0: Hi there. I'm just talking about what's happened since this is two weeks ago. Michael Cohen, former top, former prod, federal prosecutor, Harry Littman, on even more Trump indictments. Nah.
1: To actually change things, all I can do is maybe you know, have a have a little visit.
2: Yeah. Well, look, I I've always had problems with um tenure for life i don't give a shit supreme court i don't care about whether it's federal court i have real problems with it and i have problems with it because something that even you tweeted about i hate the fact that we're so on the same page today no no you tweeted this we're, we're just getting there we're just getting there i'm ready you tweeted this it is beyond outrageous the height of judicial arrogance For a federal judge to repeatedly refer to abortion as the killing of the unborn human, as um, Kazmarek does. And then Kazmarek ruled to pull a safe and effective abortion drug off the shelves due to his own religious conviction that had been out there for over, what, close to three decades, something like that? Isn't that against the law? And if it is against the law, which I believe that it is... My question is, what is how come law? you can't remove somebody like Kazmarek? How come you can't remove Justice Roberts? You mm-hmm. know, Justice Roberts, it's not just... You know, uh, Clarence Thomas and Justice Roberts that are acting as if though they are above the law. I mean, the Dobbs decision didn't just affect Roe versus Wade. It affected many cases, including Bivens, which is a case that I brought in action against the federal government for an unconstitutional remand of a United States citizen back to prison because the big baby in chief himself was angry. And he wanted me stifled, and wanted to stifle my First Amendment rights.
1: Dobbs fucking affects that case. Dobbs affects everything, but we got a disagreement, Michael. It's great um, because okay. I, I I couldn't agree more on Taz Merrick and what a piece of shit opinion. It is, and I think maybe even the Fifth Circuit, we'll, we'll find out tomorrow if they grant a stay. It'll go quickly to the court. I think it's going to be reversed, and if not, you know, woe be uh, woe be us. It's a, it's really a, a you know, it purports to be a, uh, the FDA, but, but I like life tenure, and here's my counterpoint to you. The Wisconsin Supreme Court. I am very glad of the result there and and they the it really mattered if you had to vote but that that is a classic example of what can happen if you have say judges elected or judges campaigning and they were basically out there saying you know vote for me and I'll outlaw abortion, vote for me and I'll I'll make sure it's protected. You know, they were really basically selling their votes and now it doesn't look like a court of law. So I um it's a big problem and I I um there's some credible proposals out there, but generally speaking, I think life tenure is less the issue than really um a few really, really lousy judges. Yeah, good. We
2: got put. Okay. Some- well, yeah, they managed to get on the bench. I mean, you had um, the three appointed by Donald Trump who lied to the to the committee, to the ju- um, Judiciary Committee, as they were being questioned for you know, their competency as well as you know, their positions. They each turned around and stated that they were going to accept Starry decisis. None of the three of them did. Is that not significant enough? I mean, you basically get up there. It's a, almost like a performance. And you say the things that they want to say, though, that's not how you feel or what you believe. And you're now in there for life. And the, they're 53 years old, 55 years old. We're now, as Americans, we're stuck with these, with these people for the next
1: 35, 40 years. This is no joke. But since we're talking man about it, and, Well, man, is a no joke. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure I'll go with you all the way on the live, but man, is it a super flawed um, process it's a lie. and it's a and it's a huge uh, problem. So I'll give you all of all of those uh, things, uh, you know, and and sort of who they are as a as a court now. But um, the, the, do do you now sort of throw out life tenure? I think it's the immediate question. Sorry. Go ahead.
2: OK, so look, the hour goes by quickly.
1: Oh, no, already I okay, want to bring up, a
2: I want to bring up something to you. I want to bring up something to you. So let's talk about, for example, recusal, right? Um, recusal: the act of abstaining from participating in an official action, such as a legal proceeding due to a conflict of interest um, of the presiding court official or the administrative officer. You agree with that definition, right? That's right out of Black's law book, correct?
1: I mean, that's what it is. It's, that's not the legal standard for it, but yeah, that's... that's. Okay, so let's assume that there's an official,
2: we'll call him a, uh, we can call them, a, it's a legal proceeding and it's an administrative officer or a court official, and that person recuses themselves. But they actually don't they start to engage in conversation with other parties in regard to that specific case. And they don't advise anybody of the ongoing communications that they're having. Would you say that that's either unethical or illegal? Yes. Okay, would you then turn around and say, what if hypothetically it's Jeffrey Berman of the Southern District of New York, who did exactly this, says so in his own book, which goes to show you that he's a fucking moron, right? I mean, you come out there, you're talking about recusal, but then he's involved with main justice. I bring a BARK complaint, state of New York, against Jeffrey Berman. It's, it's either unethical or illegal. And they then respond back that they're not going to take any action because Jeffrey Berman also said in his book that nothing that he did was wrong.
1: Does that make any sense to you? It depends on, on what he did, So right? So we, you just need to know the, the facts. I think you've stated, like, the, the structure well, but, you know, what, what exactly did he do? How was he kibitzing, et cetera? So he,
2: engaged, he engaged in conversations with O'Callaghan in regard to whitewashing the testimony um, or their, their uh, you know their memo, uh, he was also instructed to try to have the charges that involved Donald Trump withdrawn, despite the fact I had already pled guilty to them that 's the Karen McDougall stormy Daniels case. It acknowledges that he felt pressure by the Southern District of New York by main justice to the point that he was more concerned about losing his job than anything. Would you still
1: not say that that's unethical? I'll just tell you: when I've been recused from cases, I had I had nothing to do with them. I wouldn't say boo. They all went to somebody else. By the way, there's a there's a bar complaint for something. Did you did you see what happened to Joe Takapina today? No, okay. I didn't. Yeah, there, there. You know, he he had overtures with Stormy Daniels to represent her. That is yes. the same as representation, and now he's on the other side. So I think I read that that a complaint is in the offing or something like that. Anyway, I don't mean to dodge. Your, so before, your so issue, before, I just don't right. know the facts of it. So before, well,
2: I I'm sure you've probably looked at the book, and if not, you know, I, just I take my word. Out, so, so take my word for it. He okay. acknowledges that he was being pressured. By main justice in order to whitewash...
1: he says he was involved in a case he was recused from, that's a a, no-no.
2: Okay, so, and that uh, Robert Kazami had ended up taking over, and actually, he states that he had spoken to others in the SDY. I would suspect it was Kazami, but they never disclosed any of this stuff. I just received a second letter, because I asked for a reconsideration, and nobody actually broke this case down better than Rachel Maddow. She spent 30 minutes. I got the clip. This I put it onto a thumb drive. This was a bar
1: complaint you did or an IG complaint? A bar I complaint.
2: Uh-huh. Bar complaint. And because none of the IG cases have gone in any further than this bar complaint either. You know, they don't even respond back to you, despite the fact it's members of Congress. Ted Lieu, Hakeem Jeffries, Senator Dick Durbin, Steve Cohen, Carolyn Maloney, uh, and uh, I think Jamie Raskin or Dan Goldman brought it up as well. None of them have managed to get any investigations open, which should tell you something. But the point being, they say absolutely nothing about it. I go ahead. I then send that clip of Rachel Maddow's show to them. Would you believe, yesterday, I get a letter from the New York State Bar Association that they stand by their initial response that there's nothing, that there's no further investigation into it. The problem that I see is that it's not just, let's say, the um, Robert Kazamis, the Jeffrey Berman's, that when you have the power, there's no accountability. When you are... Clarence Thomas, or um, you know, uh, you know, uh, what you call it, Justice Roberts, or you know, uh, Amy Comey Barrett, or any of them, there is no accountability because you seem to manage to get away with everything, and that's why the Southern District, just like the DOJ, just like all, like the Supreme Court, they they are at their lowest approval rating because, in all fairness. They have the power, they have the shield, and they feel they can do whatever the hell they want. And they're actually getting away with it, which is why I am glad that finally, thank goodness for Judge, uh, for uh, Alvin Bragg, because a lot of people, myself included, we took a lot of shots at Alvin Bragg when he walked away from Mark Pomerantz and others. He dropped a 3,000-pound anvil of accountability right on Donald's lap. So I am ecstatic that... Accountability is there, though. I hate to see what's happening in terms of the way it's affecting America and the office of the presidency.
1: So that's really true. We still have vestiges of Trump, don't we? I I, I totally agree that you know it's a it's a whole different day, and he is really uh, reeling, and it's going to be worse. And on your other point, you know, it's true. I'll just I'll just end if this isn't too uh, highfalutin with Oliver Wendell Holmes. Men have to turn square corners when dealing people, I should say, now when dealing with the government. There's just a lot of ways that actually trying to get justice from the government, even lawfully, is really frustrating.
2: Very, very frustrating.
1: And my, my Orion agrees. I'm so sorry about that. I hope it doesn't <laughs> uh, mar your soundtrack.
2: No, it does not. Uh, Harry, let me thank you, as always, for joining me. I'm just sorry that we agreed on as much as we did. I, I promise the next why, time that I'm, you come I'm back.
1: Surprise! So Surprise! We'll we'll get it together next. There'll be more stuff. So much stuff is happening. We're sure to. do
2: Oh, it. so much guaranteed. I will have you back. I look forward to it. I wish you a happy Passover and finishing. And be well, my friend. I will. I will definitely be seeing you soon.
1: So look forward to. It. Thanks, Michael.
2: Thank you, pal.
3: tell you it was
4: hacked. Why'd you take it down? The company made a decision that found that it did violate the policy. It wasn't my personal judgment at the time that it did, but the decision was communicated to me by my direct supervisor. And ultimately, I didn't disagree with it enough to object. You know, you know what, you know what I think happened, Mr. Roth? I think, I think you guys got played.
3: I think you guys wanted to wanted to take it deep down. We saw what the chairman put up where you said, you know, everyone in the White House is a, is a fascist. I think you guys wanted it to t- be taken down. I think you meet with these guys every week. We know that's been established in the Twitter files. You had weekly meetings with Mr. Chan in the run-up to the election. They send you all kinds of emails. They send you documents on the super secret James Bond teleporter. You get information on that. I think you guys wanted to take it down. I think <laughs> you guys got played by the FBI. And that's the scary part. Because we had... 50, I mean, this to me is the real takeaway. 51 former intelligence officials five days after you guys take down the Hunter Biden story and block the New York Post account. Five days later, 51 former intel officials send a letter
5: and they say the Hunter Biden Still doing in Congress, job, please. Story has all the classic earmarks of a
3: Russian information operation. The information operation was run on you guys. And then by extension run on the American people. And that's the concern. And to Mr. Raskin's point that you guys aren't bound by the First Amendment because you're a private company, okay, maybe so. But your and your terms of service don't have to comply with the First
4: Amendment. Would that be right, Mr. Roth? They don't have to. You've said that as much in your testimony. My understanding of the First Amendment is that it protects people and businesses from government, not informs how the... What I'm, and your terms of service. So here's what I want to know.
3: Here's what I want to know. Is this, is this a violation of the First Amendment when the government, Mr. Chan, again, sending you an email saying, we think these accounts need to be looked at because they violate your terms of service. That's a different standard. So you got the government saying your terms of service, which don't have to comply with the First Amendment, but the government saying we don't think these accounts comply. with your terms of service, please take them down.
4: You see a problem there, Mr. Mr. Roth? Mr. Chairman, I'm seeing a flashing red light. I'm happy to answer your question. Um, do I think that that's a valuable- use?
6: And After she overrode your assessment, a day or two later, Twitter seemed to have changed their policies, didn't they? Yes, that trope, go
7: back to where you came from, was removed from the content moderation.
6: Changed their own policy. Mm-hmm. After the president violated it, um, in order to potentially accommodate his tweet? Yes. Thank you. Um, so much for bias against right wing on Twitter. Uh, mm-hmm. Additionally, Ms. Navaroli, are you familiar with the account Libs of TikTok?
7: I have heard of it from the news, yes.
6: Um, Mr. Roth, are you familiar with this account?
4: Yes, ma'am, I am.
6: Are you aware from that from August 11th to August 16th, That account posted false information about Boston Children's Hospital, claiming that they were providing hysterectomies to children.
4: Yes, I am aware of that and other claims from the account.
6: And are you aware that this lie was then circulated by other prominent far-right influencers? Yes. And are you aware that all these claims, uh, which I have reiterated were false, culminated in a real-life harassment and ultimately a bomb threat to the Boston Children's Hospital.
4: Yes, I am aware.
6: And this account is still on that platform today, (laughs) isn't it? Yeah.
4: Regrettably, yes it
6: is. Despite inspiring a bomb threat due to the right-wing incitement of violence against trans-Americans in this country, because they cannot let go of this obsession With fixating violence and inciting violence against trans and LGBT people, in addition to immigrants, in addition to women of color, this is a party that cannot pick on anyone their own size. And they are trying to co-opt an entire social media platform and use the power of this committee and of Congress in order to pursue a political agenda. I yield back. He
5: yields back. Chair recognizes Mr. Fry for five minutes.
8: Thank you, Mr. Chairman. This, this hearing shows who really has been in control of what is said to be the, one of the world's most widely used websites, Twitter. The American people probably didn't know <clears throat> who these witnesses were today, but these witnesses were powerful enough to silence an American. What
4: were those 10 documents? Twitter didn't give me access to my laptop, but Special Agent Chan has said publicly in the
6: FBI. She had also your uh, generosity. Um, let's uh Let's, I, I just want to start off of this obsession with fixating violent, we could be talking about abortion rights, civil rights, voting rights, but instead we're talking about Hunter Biden's half fake laptop story. I mean, this is an embarrassment, but I'll go into it. Miss Navaroli. let's talk.
4: Okay, sir, I try to give or try to propound a legal analysis of uh, election laws.
9: I'll yield back gentleman yields back, chair recognizes Ms. Ocasio-Cortez. It's your turn. You want to go? Back. We won't start the clock until you get there.
1: School is appreciate
6: She had also your uh, generosity. Um, let's, uh, let's, I, I just want to start off um, right here at the top here. This isn't even my line of questioning, but I'd like to submit to the record a Washington Post article Now warning about Hunter Biden laptop disinformation, the guy who leaked it. Here's the deal. Before I even get into my questions, I think that the story here with the New York uh, with the Washington Post reporting is that what they're saying right here. When the New York Post first reported in October 2020 that it had obtained contents of a laptop computer allegedly owned by Joe Biden's son Hunter, there was an immediate roadblock faced by other news outlets that hoped to corroborate reporting, as many did. The newspaper wasn't sharing what it obtained. New York Post had this alleged information and was trying to publish it without any corroboration, without any backup information. They were trying to publish it to Twitter, Twitter did not let them, and now they were upset. I believe that political operatives who sought to inject explosive disinformation with the Washington Post couldn't get away with it. And now they're livid. And they want the ability to do it again. They want the ability to inject this again. So they've dragged a social media platform here in Congress, they're weaponizing the use of this committee, so that they can do it again. A whole hearing about a 24 hour hiccup in a right wing political operation. That is why we are here right now. And it is it, it's just a, an abuse of public resources an abuse of public time. We could be talking about healthcare. We could be talking about bringing down the cost of prescription drugs. We could be talking about abortion rights, civil rights, voting rights, but instead we're talking about Hunter Biden's half fake laptop story. I mean, this is an embarrassment, but I'll go into it. Ms. Navarro, let's talk about something real. I'd like to show you a tweet posted by former President Trump about my colleagues and I on July 14, 2019. It says in part, Quote, why don't they go back and help fix the totally broken and crime-infested places from which they came? Then come back and show us how it's done. These places need your help badly. You can't leave fast enough. I'm sure that Nancy Pelosi would be very happy as quickly to work out free travel arrangements. A day or two after that, uh, Donald Trump publicly uh, incited violence at a rally uh, targeting four Congresswomen, including myself, saying, go back to where you came from. Uh- yeah, I'm
5: posting this on YouTube. Hunter Biden
0: Hunter Biden Laptop Conspiracy.
5: It's a smoke screen of.
0: should call this the Hunter Biden laptop conspiracy theory bullshit just a smokescreen of bullshit okay 151 subscribers now I picked up one subscribers today on youtube good job christa
6: bullshit okay Miss Navarro, really. as i understand it you were uh, the lady. most senior member of twitter's content moderation team or a senior member of twitter's content moderation team when this was posted um as part of your responsibilities did you review this tweet
7: Yes, yeah, so it was my team's responsibility to review these tweets.
6: And what did you conclude?
7: My team really made the recommendation that for the first time we find Donald Trump in violation of Twitter's policies and use the public interest interstitial. For the
6: first time? Yes. And at the time, Twitter's policy included a specific example when it came to banned abuse uh, against immigrants as... They specifically included the phrase, go back to your country or go go back to where you came from, correct?
7: Yes, that was specifically included in the content moderation guidance as an example.
6: You brought this up to the Vice President of Trust and Safety, Del Harvey, correct? I did, yes. And she overrode your assessment, didn't she? Yes, she did. Um, And something interesting happened after she overrode your assessment. A day or two later, Twitter seemed to have changed their policies, didn't they?
7: Yes, that trope, go back to where you came from, was removed from the content moderation guidance, as an example.
6: So Twitter changed their own policy after the president violated it um, in order to potentially accommodate his tweet? Yes. Thank you. Um, so much for bias against right-wing on Twitter. Uh, additionally, Ms. Navaroli, are you familiar with the account Libs of TikTok?
7: I have heard of it from the news, yes.
6: Um. Mr. Roth, are you familiar with this account?
4: Yes, ma'am, I am.
6: Are you aware from, that from August 11th to August 16th, that account posted false information about Boston Children's Hospital, claiming that they were providing hysterectomies to children?
4: Yes, I am aware of that and other claims from the account.
6: And are you aware that this lie was then circulated by other prominent far-right influencers? Yes. And are you aware that all these claims, uh, which I have reiterated, were false, culminated in a real-life harassment and ultimately a bomb threat to the Boston Children's Hospital?
4: Yes, I am aware.
6: And this account is still on that platform today, isn't it?
4: Regrettably, yes, it
6: is. Despite inspiring a bomb threat due to the right-wing incitement of violence against trans-Americans in this country... Because they cannot let go of this obsession with fixating violence and inciting violence against trans and LGBT people, in addition to immigrants, in addition to women of color. This is a party that cannot pick on anyone their own size. And they are trying to co-opt an entire social media platform and use the power of this committee and of Congress in order to pursue a political agenda. I yield back
8: back. Chair, recognizing Mr. Fry for five minutes. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. This this hearing shows who really has been in control of what is said to be one of the world's most widely used websites, Twitter. The American people probably didn't know <clears throat> who these witnesses were today, but these witnesses were powerful enough to silence an American president with just a few clicks from their California office. <clears throat> We're also learning that some of the, those in Washington DC have forgotten their role and exercised their power to achieve ends antithetical to American principles of free speech and expression. The FBI is the lead federal agency responsible for in investigating foreign influence operations. However, in recent years, the FBI has devoted countless amounts of time, taxpayer money, and manpower to combating Russian foreign influence on social media. The FBI, as one reporter noted, acted as a quote, doorman to the vast program of social media surveillance and censorship, encompassing agencies across the federal government, from the State Department to the Pentagon to the CIA, end quote. Reports suggest that thousands of reports from the FBI and the Foreign Influence Task Force were sent to Twitter. This isn't what the American people are paying for. This isn't what we trust the FBI to do. FBI agents shouldn't be sitting at a desk in Washington, D.C., scrolling through Twitter and emailing with social media companies. An email from one Twitter employee to another reads, quote, the FBI San Francisco Emergency Operations Center sent us the attached report of 207 tweets they believed may be in violation of our policies, end quote. Another email revealed that there are, quote, some folks in the Baltimore field office and at headquarters That are just doing keyboard searches for violations. Mr. Roth, Twitter usually found little evidence that the accounts the FBI flagged had ties to foreign influence. Is that correct?
4: In part, but we received many reports from the FBI, particularly related to malign foreign interference, that were highly credible and were constructive. So I would say it was a bit of a mixed bag. And you pushed back.
8: Uh, to the FBI when when they would send you a list of American-based accounts, is that correct?
4: Politely, but yes.
8: Mr. Roth, it appears that Twitter employees were under pressure by the FBI and other government agencies
4: to validate
8: these theories of foreign influence. Would you agree with that?
4: No, I wouldn't agree with the word pressure. The FBI was quite careful and quite consistent to request review of the accounts but not to cross the line into advocating for Twitter to take any particular action.
8: So flagging American accounts, in your view, is not, is not foreign or, or theories of foreign influence. It's not, there's not pressure there just by flagging it to you,
4: Again, domestic accounts. I don't think it's a great use of the Bureau's time, but I wouldn't characterize how they communicated with us as pressure. Mr. Roth,
8: you enjoyed these meetings with the FBI, it seems, uh, based on the tweets behind me or the, the communications behind me in internal communications at Twitter. You said, definitely not meeting with
4: the FBI, I swear. Is that correct? I believe I was joking with a colleague at the time, but yes. But I can
8: assume that you were meeting with the FBI when you were communicating with your colleague.
4: Is that correct? Yes. One of my job responsibilities was meeting with law enforcement about election security.
8: And just so I'm clear, the person you're communicating with here says, very boring business meeting that is definitely not about Trump. I assume that's also sarcasm.
4: Yes, that's my assumption. And we
8: can assume that Twitter was having these meetings with the FBI about President Trump, correct?
4: No, sir. The meetings that I was a part of with the FBI were almost entirely and exclusively focused on malign foreign interference. So accounts being operated outside of the United States by other governments, not on the accounts of Americans.
8: So so, what is the basis of this communication, then, where you talk about not meeting with Trump or not meeting about Trump?
4: Again, I think those comments are sarcasm, but the context for this interaction was the need to mark my calendar private after another Twitter employee joined one of those meetings with the FBI unexpectedly, and so I had to implement additional security measures around my calendar. This was a, a fairly banal interaction with a colleague. Mr. Chairman, I
8: yield the rest of my time to... Mr. Jordan. Good afternoon, afternoon, Mr. Jordan.
4: I thank the
3: gentleman for yielding. Um, Mr. Roth, was there ever any visibility filtering that was hard-coded by Twitter employees into accounts of
4: specific users? Twitter employees were responsible for building the systems that performed visibility filtering And then that filtering would have been applied either automatically i'm asking a very specific question i'm asking was the code written in a way
3: that for certain accounts those accounts unique in and of themselves would be visibility filtering to use your term so that they wouldn't
4: uh, have as much reach or as much influence the term hard coding suggests that it was permanent and immutable and i wouldn't agree with that no But it did happen what you're saying there was hard coded into some of these accounts of specific users by Twitter employees.
3: This ability to filter and limit the reach of that particular post or that
4: particular tweet, I should say. Again, I wouldn't say that they were hard coded. Thank you. Chair recognizes Miss Brown for five minutes.
10: Thank you, Chairman Comer and Ranking Member Raskin for holding this hearing today. Social media social media has been a revolutionary gift of the 21st century. From helping people across the world build meaningful connections to learning a new skill set, these platforms have played a significant role in creating an interconnected global world. When handled responsibly, social media serves as a useful resource with many positive outcomes. However, social media is not without its flaws, and the challenges are much larger than any specific incident or decision by one private company. Recently, social media has contributed to the rise and amplification of domestic extremist content and organizing. This is extremely concerning and unfortunately, is contributing to the division of our society. According to an Anti-Defamation League survey, 66% of the LGBTQ plus respondents, that's a full two thirds, experienced harassment online. 37% of Jewish respondents and 34% of African-Americans respondents said the same. This is truly disturbing. The power that social media has to inspire real-world action, both good and bad, is well known to all of us. And sadly, the hate online does not stay online. Social media has the power to influence not just here at home, but those who are watching us abroad. For example, an online disinformation campaign by a hostile foreign power can have the power to sway a close election. So Mr. Roth, in a recent interview, you stated, and I quote, beginning in 2017, every platform, Twitter included, started to invest really heavily in building out an election integrity function. So I ask, were those investments driven in part by bipartisan concerns raised by Congress and the U.S. government after the Russian influence operation in the 2016 presidential election?
4: Thank you for the question. Yes, those concerns were fundamentally bipartisan. The Senate's investigation of Russian active measures was a bipartisan effort. The report was bipartisan. And I think we all share concerns with what Russia is doing to meddle in our elections.
10: Thank you so much. Did those investments include better information sharing mechanisms with the federal government?
4: Yes. I think one of the key failures that we identified after 2016 was that there was very little information coming from the government and from intelligence services to the private sector. The private sector had the power to remove bots and to take down foreign disinformation campaigns, but we didn't always know where to look without leads supplied by the intelligence community. That was one of the failures highlighted in the Senate Intelligence Committee's report and in the Mueller investigation, and that was one of the things we set out to fix in
10: 2017. Thank you for that. And Mr. Roth, were those communication channels useful to Twitter as it worked to combat foreign influence operations?
4: Absolutely. I would say they were one of the most essential pieces of how Twitter prepared for future elections.
10: Thank you so much. So clearly, we must come together as a committee to stand up and protect our country from foreign election interference and disinformation. I sincerely look forward to spending more time with this committee, working to understand how to fight back against our adversaries and strengthen our democracy. And with that, Mr. Chairman, I yield back.
9: Thank you very much. Chair recognizes Miss Green
11: for five minutes. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, Mr. Baker, Miss Gaddy, Mr. Roth, and Miss Navaroli. You can consider your speech canceled during my time because you canceled mine. You see, you permanently banned my personal Twitter account and it was my campaign account also. So let's talk about election interference, shall we? January 2nd, 2002, You permanently banned my Twitter account. This was the account that I would put my campaign ads on, raise money on, fight back when attacked with lies and be able to talk to my voters in my district. But you banned it. And then let me explain. My account was not reinstated until November 21st, 2022. That was after my election on November 8th. You know, at your company, or your former company, where you worked, Twitter employees, over 98% of them donate to Democrats. So while you coordinated with DHS, the FBI, the CIA, our government, and outside groups to permanently ban, shadow ban conservative Americans and candidates like me, and the former president of the United States, President Donald J. Trump, you were censoring and wrongfully violating our First Amendment free speech rights. Guess what? None of you hold security clearances. None of you are elected and none of you represent 750,000 people like I do. Let's explain. 52 United States law 10101. No person shall intimidate threaten coerce or attempt to stop any other person For the purpose of interfering with their rights to vote, or to vote as he may choose. You didn't shadow ban or permanently ban my Democrat opponent. No, you did that to me. That was wrong, and it was against the law. Hmm. You see, not only that, was was it me that you violated my First Amendment rights? You violated countless conservative Americans. These were doctors that were trying to tell the truth about COVID, doctors that were having success treating people with ivermectin that you all would not allow to be talked about on your platform. These were parents complaining about their school boards, teaching gender lies in their schools, biological males entering their daughter's bathrooms and sports. These were also people questioning the 2020 election. And guess what? That's Americans' First Amendment right. These were people talking about voting machines. You know what? Democrats did that in 2019, before the 2020 election. On Twitter, people could question elections such as 2016, saying Hillary won. But in 2020, no one could question elections saying Trump won. You abuse the power of a large corporation, big tech, to censor Americans. And you want to know something? Guess what? I'm so glad that you're censored down. I'm so glad you've lost your jobs. Thank God Elon Musk bought Twitter. And you know what? Let's talk about something a little bit further. It's amazing to me, Mr. Roth, as the head and trust safety at Twitter, your ability, or should I say inability, to remove child porn. Now, here's something that disgusts me about you. In your doctoral dissertation entitled Gay Data, you argued that minors should have access to Grindr, an adult male gay hookup app. Minors? Really? You know, Elon Musk took over Twitter and he banned 44,000 accounts that were promoting child porn. You permanently banned my Twitter account, but you allowed child porn all over Twitter. Twitter had become a platform, you said, connecting queer young adults. You also wrote on Twitter in 2010, can high school students ever meaningfully consent to sex with their teachers? In 2021, while you were the director of trust and safety on Twitter, an underage boy and his mother announced a lawsuit against Twitter because because Twitter was benefiting from and refused to remove a lewd video featuring this boy and another minor. That is repulsive. But you violated me. What what were my tweets? Okay, let's talk about them. I was talking about the deaths being reported on bears. By the way, that's on the CDC website. I was also saying that I didn't think the in, any entity should enforce a non D.A. non FDA approved vaccine or mask. Guess what? A lot of people agreed with me. But you called that COVID misinformation. By the way, I'm a member of Congress, and you're not. I also said the controversial COVID-19 vaccines should not be forced on our military. You want to know something? Republicans stop that in the NDAA.
9: L- Ladies, time has
11: expired. And your time has expired. I yield back. Thank you, Mr. Chairman.
9: Uh, chair recognizes Mr. Gomez. Uh,
11: thank you, uh,
0: Mr. Chairman. Uh, Mr. Roth, uh, please explain to us why Miss. Uh, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, or the representative from Georgia, was removed from Twitter?
4: Thank you for the question, Congressman. My recollection is that her personal account was banned from Twitter after repeated written notices due to repeated violations of the Twitter rules. Can you add a little specificity
0: to the violation of the Twitter rules?
4: Yes. Again, I didn't have access to my Twitter email, documents, anything that would have let me prepare to answer that in more detail. But my recollection is that the Congresswoman repeatedly violated Twitter's policies about sharing misinformation about COVID-19. She received multiple written warnings about that conduct. She received multiple timeouts related to that conduct. And then ultimately, consistent with the written and published policy, those repeated violations resulted in her account being permanently suspended.
11: Uh, Mr. Chairman, so in essence, I'd like to make uh, a point uh, of
4: personal privilege. Uh, that it's still my time. We'll stop. We'll stop. It's still my clock.
11: Still of my order, time. Mr. Chairman, um, order, order,
0: Mr. Raskin. Yeah, right, um, I don't believe that members of this committee have the right to interrupt someone's testimony because their point name is
11: personal mentioned. privilege. It, you were mentioning my name, Mr. Raskin.
0: I, I understand, but that's not the rule, Ms. Green. I don't think that, a member... That
11: is the rule, in, in Congress... Well, I mean, then I'd like, I, I, take a point I'd like of personal
0: the parliamentarian rule, to rule on whether any member of this committee has the right to interrupt a witness's testimony because they mentioned the name of a member of Congress.
11: You mentioned my name, Mr. Raskin.
0: Yeah, I'm not testifying.
9: Chair recognizes Ms. Green.
11: Thank you, Mr.
9: For your chair. point of privilege, thank, very thank, briefly.
11: Thank you, um, uh, for Mr. Roth, who who made you in charge of what is
5: yeah, true yeah, and that,
11: what's I, not true.
0: I, I, uh, we'll, uh, Did she get to reopen her
9: no, question? No, she, that, that We'll we'll will go back to Mr. Gomez, Gomez. And, and Mr. Gomez. Please remember the the decorum of the committee. Uh, the clock. We'll restart the clock now. We you didn't lose any time. The chair, recognized Mr. Gomez.
0: Thank you so much. Um, the gentlelady from Georgia was suspended from Twitter for, for knowingly and consistently spreading conspiracy theories about COVID 19 vaccine, right? Which is shameful, shameful, especially in a pandemic where a uh, million people have lost their lives. Um, with that, I yield my rest of my time to the gentleman from New York, Mr. Gold, uh, Goldman.
12: Thank you, uh, Mr. Gomez. Um, let's talk about the, I think it is, it's important to, to point out, it is true, he's, he's gone through a lot of tra- Let's talk about the so-called Twitter files, uh, which my Republican colleagues seem to think are God's gift to journalism.
5: Mm-hmm.
12: In one about the Hunter Biden laptop, the author says that every single fact in the New York Post story was accurate. And Chairman Comer, I noticed you blew up the cover of that New York Post story, which I appreciate you doing that, because I'd like to dig into this article. The very first paragraph says Hunter Biden introduced his father to a top executive at a Ukrainian energy firm less than a year before the elder Biden pressured government officials in Ukraine into firing a prosecutor who was investigating the company. That is false. false. Is the gentleman sure about that? (laughs) Yes. In fact, I am sure about that. And as the lead counsel in the first impeachment investigation, we proved that he was actually fired because he was not prosecuting corruption. Not that he he was fired because he was prosecuting corruption. Corruption of the President's son's company.
9: I'm sorry, would the gentleman yield corruption of the President's son's company? I'd like to reclaim my time.
12: Gentlemen, the fact that Joe Biden fired consistent with U.S. policy and every single European country, the prosecutor general in Ukraine, because he did not prosecute corruption, including at companies like Burisma, has been proven over and over and over. And if you want to know who actually prosecuted Burisma, Chairman Comer, you should talk to the British authorities because they were the ones who were prosecuting Barisma and they couldn't get any cooperation from the Ukrainian prosecutor general so that's why he was fired so right off the top the very first paragraph of this so-called bombshell story is completely false now what are the what is the allegation that we are hearing from our republican colleagues about the connection to Joe Biden and Burisma. It is an email from a Burisma employee thanking Hunter Biden for organizing a meeting with the Vice President Biden. We know nothing about the substance of that meeting. We know nothing about how long they met. It was not on Vice President Biden's schedule. And in fact, I would ask my Republican colleagues, do you meet with foreign businessmen? Do you meet with foreign diplomats? If we were to say to you every single time you met with somebody that you discussed something that you're voting on, how would you react? It's preposterous. And Chairman Comer, you have said in your opening statement that Joe Biden lied to the American people. That is a bold, bold accusation. And so far, we've seen no actual evidence of any lies or any support for Joe Biden being involved in anything having to do with Ukraine other than promoting U.S. former policy. And I hope that you are not abusing the power as chairman of this, of this committee and that you are not wasting taxpayer dollars on a fishing expedition into a civilian child of a president for political purposes. I yield back. Gentlemen, yield to a quick question. You don't have to, it's your choice.
9: Please. So I would love to discuss this. Are you admitting that Joe Biden did get Mm -hmm. the prosecutor
12: in Ukraine fired? (laughs) Uh, I think it's very clear that Vice President Biden, along with all of our allies in Europe, pressured Ukraine to fire Mm -hmm. a corrupt prosecutor general who was not charging corruption cases. With that would have included potentially Burisma. Corruption with his son's company? Yes. In fact, if what he wanted was the prosecutor general to prosecute corruption and the allegations that you are making and that the Russians are making, because this is all part of Russian propaganda, is that he uh, Burisma was corrupt and was uh, and Joe Biden was trying to stop an investigation into Burisma. That is categorically false, and there is no evidence of it.
0: Fucking defamation. Mr.
12: Chair, we, we're going we're to recognize one more speaker. We've been re- requested
9: by the uh, presenters for a brief bathroom break. If, if you'll d- allow us, we have one more questioner, and then we'll take that break. Chair recognizes Mr. Timmons for five minutes, and then we'll have a five to ten minute break. Mr. Famous, Timmons.
0: Thank you, Mr. Chairman. We have a big picture problem right now. And we're talking about Twitter specifically and Hunter Biden's laptop. But it's not just that. It's the general trend of the media, social media, the FBI, DOJ, doing one side's bidding. That's the issue. There's mistakes that have been made, and we keep looking back at these mistakes and say, oh, that shouldn't have happened that way. We are going to have a new policy to avoid that from happening again. But every mistake benefits one side. Every mistake benefits one side. Let's go back to 2016. Uh, The the Democrat National Committee and the Clinton campaign paid Fusion GPS to create, to fabricate, not create, to fabricate the Steele dossier, which was the basis of this entire Russia collusion investigation. Special counsel, we spent $40 million pursuing it. There was no evidence of the Trump campaign colluding with Russia. There was none. It was actually fabricated by the Democrats and the Clinton campaign to create a narrative to damage President Trump. So... That was a mistake. We all know that now. That was the conclusion of that investigation. So. And as a side note, that's why Adam Schiff is no longer on Intel, because he lied about that investigation. He said, as the chair of Intel, I have all this information. He abused his position, and that's why he was removed from Intel. So next we go to 2020. Another mistake. We have something that is real labeled as something that is fake. We tell the American people that we're gonna have an honest, open conversation about, about issues, about challenges that our country faces. And we have, everybody has their own facts. Congressman mm-hmm. from New York is mentioning his facts. Um, it's just very bizarre that Hunter Biden making tens of thousands of dollars a month with no credentials from business in Ukraine, uh, whether they're, they're being investigated, who knows? I mean, these are all speculation and it's, it's something the American people can't really digest because we don't know the answers to it. And when we're told the answers, by our government, by big corporations, by big tech, and they're repeatedly wrong, it creates a trust issue. It creates a trust issue. So the American people do not trust, do not trust what they're being told.
5: They do not trust what they're being told. Hunter's fucking laptop. Hold. I, we're going to dig into the
0: Hunter Biden laptop briefly. Um, Jack Dorsey has said that he did not make that decision. Um, Ms. Gaddy, did you make the decision to censor the Hunter, Hunter Biden? Laptop story? (laughs) Center.
10: Yes, I was involved in that decision. Who who was the
0: final arbiter? Because Mr. Roth has said he disagreed with that decision. Who was the final person that said, we're going to do this? I ultimately approved that decision. Okay, thank you. Mr. Roth, you have said previously that you do not believe that uh, the New York Post story violated any any policy. Um, You've said that multiple times today. How many times, other than this one, did did something get banned or um, flagged? that you disagreed with?
5: Is this the only one? No, sir, not at all. Okay, so you put it repeatedly, Twitter repeated. For a day. for having shut down her. (laughs) Ha ha. but they are just trying to cover up tools his account Exclamation point. That's the real scandal. He interviewed.
4: banned and censored material that you thought shouldn't be censored. Is that fair? These are challenging judgment calls, and I think reasonable minds can differ about whether a given piece of... Okay, but on this one, you did disagree. Um...
0: I just want to say, the American people need to have valid information to process decisions. I would argue that denying the American people the substance of Hunter Biden's laptop story was, Hunter, Biden, Hunter Biden's laptop was wrong. You got photos and text messages of Hunter Biden committing multiple felonies, which was never actually criminal, there were no criminal charges, uh, must be nice. Uh, Hunter Biden and James Biden were negotiating deals with Chinese Communist Party agents, one of whom Hunter Biden classified as the spy chief of China. We have evidence at least one of Hunter's deals with Chinese Communist Party linked entities. Joe Biden was given a 10% equity stake in the joint venture. We have evidence that the Bidens were trying to sell America's natural resources to the Chinese. And this is my personal favorite. Evidence that the Bidens and the
5: Chinese energy company uh,
0: And by the Chinese Communist Party had leased office space, no further than three miles from where we're sitting right now, And the man running for president had his own office in that office space, his own personal office. Do you think the American people deserve to know that? I do. I think that there's a lot of smoke surrounding the Biden's relationship with the Chinese Communist Party. There's a lot of smoke surrounding the Biden's relationship with Ukraine. Um, And they deserve to have the facts to make a decision for themselves. Y'all got it wrong in 2016 with Russian collusion. You got it wrong with Hunter Biden's laptop in 2020. You got it wrong regarding COVID at every turn. The American people deserve better. Will the gentleman yield for a question? Gentlemen yield? Will the gentleman yield for a question? Yield? Yes.
3: And Mr. Raskins. Mr. Baker, did you talk to any of the 51 former intel officials who sent the now famous letter on October 19, 2020, saying that the Russian uh, the story in the New York Post had all the classic earmarks of a Russian information operation? Have you talked to any of those 51 prior to that letter being sent on the 19th or after? Uh, sir, I can't remember who's on that group, but... Clapper, Brennan, Morrill. I've talked to those people during the course of my career, yes. Have you talked to them in your time at Twitter? I can't remember who's on that list, so I, I'm afraid... No, so how about the three I just mentioned, Clapper and Brennan? Okay. Okay. All right, uh, do uh, I just...
9: Let, Mr. Chairman, Last regular question. Order. Last regular. question but feel free to answer. Then we'll
0: recognize Mr. Ashton. Well, I, I was going to ask the gentleman before he left whether he's denying... Uh, the Russian disinformation propaganda campaign that we've heard about from witnesses where he's just denying Russian collusion, which was something that Mr. Mueller specifically did not address in his final report. He said collusion is not a legal concept. He was looking just at conspiracy. And he said there wasn't substantial enough evidence to charge conspiracy, but there were dozens of contacts between Donald Trump and the Russians that were documented in that report. Mr. That's Chairman, all I wanted to say. Chairman, can... Chair recognizes.